Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this conversation is the first in a series I know I need this time of year. A new series called How Not to Be Held Hostage by... Dot, dot, dot. Insert a couple of things that can really tangle us up this time of year. Ooh, I know. Think of this first conversation, friends, like a special MacGyver-type toolkit we're giving you to help you anytime you start to feel like the holiday season is taking you hostage. We have been there. We don't want to be there again. So here is how not to be held hostage by holiday shopping. Get comfy, friends. Here we go. Lisa Jo, I'm going to throw you a curveball right here at the beginning because we just planned out how to start this episode and now I'm going to do it differently. (laughs) Oh, I like it. (laughs) I'm just going to say, I think we'll do our our intro, but first this intro. I just want to say, listeners, you're in for a conversation because I cannot tell you how quickly, just in our quick little pre-planning, what should we talk about, that Lisa Jo and I went from oh, I don't know, Is this, should we talk about this? To Oh my goodness, we have to talk about this. Two listeners, we just started talking about it. And then we had to make ourselves stop talking and hit record so that you too could hear the conversation. Yeah. So, wow. Some big feelings were dialed up right when Apparently. we typed out. So, to back up, we are doing this series, as we've told you in our intro, called How Not to Be Held Hostage. And... um the first one in the series got all up under our bonnets before we even hit record how not to be (laughs) held hostage by holiday shopping. We generally like to come into these conversations with curiosity and open hands. And I got the sense as soon as Christy started talking that we may have some big feelings coming our way in this conversation. So we hope you're with us for the ride. Uh, I think we should say at the outset, we have friends who make their living off of marketing and selling and influencing. And so it's a strange space to try and have this conversation, but it feels dishonest not to have it because I am nearly 50 and have to battle against feeling held hostage by all of the holiday marketing that is barreling our way and it's not even November yet. So we wanted to have this conversation early enough that it could just kind of crawl into your heart, listener, and just keep you company and kind of slip you like a MacGyver, you know, like a little MacGyver knife or something. Anytime you start to feel yourself being held hostage by the ads or the commercials or the buy this or the deals, here it is. Like, here's your pocket knife. We're putting it in your pocket. How not to be held hostage by that holiday shopping impulse. Yeah. Ready, set. Here we go, Lisa Joe. Okay. So here's the beginning. I think we planned. <laughs> This weekend, I think you and I both, Lisa Joe, were um, speaking, which mm-hmm. is unusual. I mean, it's not as if our my speaking schedule certainly is not so packed, but I think Saturday found both of us um, speaking locally. So I was um, sharing a message with my home church, which it was such a privilege, um, Church of the Good Samaritan. Good Sam, friends, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> um, so I was sharing at our women's brunch on Saturday morning, and I was sharing about... Um, uh, what I call garden time, and which is really for me just leaning into kind of the natural rhythm of the seasons as God's gift to us and really resisting the world's linear time, which just has us always like rushing ahead and always moving, never arriving. And so I was, you know, sharing a bit about the seasons. And afterward, a friend from church said, 
you know, she was really appreciative. She loved what I shared. She was inspired. But then she admitted, I love, I, I see the seasons as God's gift, but every time fall comes around, I feel really sad. And I said, oh, I know, I know, so do I, right? Because, you know, as a gardener, I'm saying goodbye to summer flowers. I said, just because the seasons are God's gift doesn't mean we're happy, you know, with with the each season changing. So I bring this up, Lisa Joe, because it reminded me, um, as we're going to talk about, you know, how to not be held hostage by holiday shopping and just consumerism. I saw a great post on Instagram recently from a writer I've, I've mentioned before on the podcast. Um, I th- pretty recently, we talked about Chuck DeGroat and his book, Wholeheartedness, um, which I do recommend. So Chuck DeGroat shared on Instagram this little, these words. He says, the trees are crying, let go while the advertisers are saying, consume, consume, consume. And he says in the caption, we're watching the dying happen all around us as West Michigan temps have dropped and the trees are surrendering to the natural order of things. And so he's pointing us to, you know, what's happening outside the windows that we're entering a season, those of us here in the Northern Hemisphere, naturally, where the earth that God made is telling us to let go to to die in some way. And yet the world's message in that moment of losing, of maybe feeling sad, um, of letting go is to fill up, fill up, fill up with stuff. And I hadn't ever quite seen it in that way that maybe God through creation is giving me one message right now and the world with its get started with your holiday shopping early message is telling me something else. And maybe the fact that those messages are so loud right now is because so many of us, myself included, have a hard time with a seasonal transition that is about growing quieter, losing, letting go, watching the beautiful world die. I don't know. I was just really struck by that, that maybe there's more to the timing of the pressure we feel this time of year, that it's not just because of Christmas, but it's almost like the world is saying, no, 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 don't pay attention. <laughs> don't pay attention to those seasons of the world and those seasons of your heart, but um, but just ignore them and bye, bye, bye. Wow. I have chills. I feel almost a stillness enter me that I want to sit very still and listen to this because I have never thought of it this way before. But I will say here on the podcast, part of why we say ordinary life matters is because we believe it is imbued with something deeper than just the material world that we see day in and day out, but that the spiritual world keeps company here with the material world. And I think what you're touching on for me is the sense in which it's interesting, the old hymns and carols actually have this refrain, prepare him room, right? When we think about Christ, which in order to do that is an emptying of ourselves to make room for him. And it is sort of an empty, hard time of year where loneliness creeps in or sadness or disappointment and discarded expectations and family conflict. Like it really is the perfect conflagrance of all of those things this time of year, but how interesting that Christ is saying into all of that, make room for me. No wonder we have a spiritual oppression, an enemy telling us, no, 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 
don't make room, stuff yourself fuller and fuller and fuller, like shove everything into those nooks and crannies so that you don't have to feel empty. Because if you don't feel empty, then maybe you won't pay attention to a God coming to offer to fill you up. Oh my word, Christy. Yeah, I know. It's it's big. I got goosebumps just hearing you say it back to me. It's it's profound. So Okay, if that's if that's where you and I are at and it's it's just an incredible thing to consider, I think it's worth breaking it down because you and I like we have never we've never been these like hardline finger wagging types no. either with our listeners or with ourselves. We are the low bar, right? <laughs> and uh and so okay, let's begin with this. Like Christmas is coming. And maybe like us, you have kids in your home, you want to make a holiday for them. Uh, Maybe your family needs things and things are on sale. Maybe you have a gift list a, a mile long. Okay, if that's where we're starting, what does it mean to lean into the season? What is it? Yeah, what... What, what what's next, Lisa Joe? Like what's next? So how are you? Let me just maybe we'll start with some personal stories. How are you walking? How do you think you're going to be walking into this particular gift giving season? I don't have an answer to that yet, and I'm hoping by the end of this conversation, I will have some more clarity. Awesome. I will share this. This season looks different for me because part of the biggest gift is we are going home to South Africa for Christmas this year. I was home a year ago in October when both my brothers were diagnosed with cancer. So I haven't been home in a year, but my kids and my husband have not been home in four years now. It is a big deal. They are all teenagers and they will truly remember this. What, what's that expression that's going around on social media? This will be a core memory for them. So that in itself is a big deal. uh, It's expensive to fly home. And part of what's really special, I think we shared the story on the podcast in an earlier episode, is that my father, like 20 years ago, had taken out some kind of insurance policy for me that um, matured and they kept trying to track me down from South Africa. And I was like, what is the spam email I'm getting from this bank? But it turns out this policy he took out for me when I was a college student is now going to pay for our whole family to fly home for Christmas. Wow. (laughs) It is a beautiful, beautiful gift that we get to do it. That is the biggest gift. And I guess maybe I can start here. Like we can tend to have tight-fisted expectations of how these holidays should look for us. And I think advertisers really are really good at playing those strings. And so I guess out of my own life, I have anxiety because I think, oh my goodness, we haven't been home in like four or five years now and I have to come laden with gifts and how do I make it worth everybody's while? And all of this sort of crystallized for me because my brother Joshua, he has endured a 14-month horrifying battle with cancer and is emerging on the other side of it and throwing a big end of cancer birthday party for himself. (laughs) And I was so excited that we would be there only to find out there has been a lot of scheduling issues. South Africans tend to go out of town during the whole month of December. He so badly wants his church community to be able to be there. The party is going to take place, Christy, two days before we get home. It has been devastating to me. And I admit my first knee-jerk reaction was just anger. Like I was so mad about it. And 
I felt the freedom to share with him why I was sad. And I know he feels sad. But I guess I think about this when I think about this idea of making room. Like, what are we supposed to be making room for at Christmas? Is it so that I can say to myself, I need to stuff one more experience into these three weeks. Like, I need all of them. I deserve all of them. I've paid to come far to get all of them. Why are you keeping this from me? Or... As I was making the bed the other morning, I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, he snuck into a crack into the room and said, Lisa Joe, would you rather be trying to schedule times and conflicting travel dates in order to be home for a funeral for your brother? Or are you so happy that this is a date you can miss because he is alive and you will get three whole full weeks with him. And it's funny, Christy, how miserly we are. And as soon as I thought of it that way, I just felt like like a meal, a banquet I was going home to. And then it was enough. And we talk about that a lot here on the podcast. Like, what does enough mean? And I guess that was just my way of starting to think differently about the season, about this trip. Like, I want there to be room for the people, but I want there to be room for grief and joy and hearing what they need, not just what I need out of out of this holiday season. So, how does all of that connect with the consumerism we're starting to be inundated with here in the North? I'm not sure, but I am certain you will connect those dots for me. But that's <laughs> kind of the headspace I'm in in this conversation. Yeah, that's uh, fan- that's such a good story, Lisa Joe, because it does illuminate that I think in certain moments of life, like we actually know what really matters. And we know, we know that our holiday gift list is, you know, in its best form could be a reflection of, you know, our our gratitude for one another and our friendships. But um, I think for many of us, at least here in, in our country where, um, yeah, there's just so much spent on holiday shopping and so much spent on trying to, you know, earn our particular dollar, that it is too much. But when it is the air you breathe right? It, it just is sometimes really hard to step back and say, this is too much. It is occupying too much of my mind space, too much of my heart space, maybe too much of my bank account space. <laughs> um, but the cultural pull is hard and I've been really feeling it. I think the reason I shared that Instagram post from Chuck DeGroat is because one place I really feel it is Instagram. You know, I do love, t- I love beautiful Things And so I do love to, to follow people on Instagram who are sharing um, beautiful homes and gardens. And um, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast before, but when I was little, I really wanted to be an interior designer. <laughs> I love that. Of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. You know, so I love beautiful homes and interiors. And so I follow some of these, um, you know, inspiring designers on Instagram. But this time of year, it, it does become almost an overwhelming feed of shopping list recommendations. And here are, you know, 10 Christmas trees to consider and 10 candles to consider and all the kinds of sweaters you could buy. And um, as much as I love beautiful things, it's like, it's like gorging in a way that makes me feel sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's hard. So this is probably the one time of year where I, I maybe just need to cut more of that out. 
Um, Because it's amazing how beautiful I can think my home is until I um, see 25 posts on Instagram of really beautiful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, high-end spaces and the dissatisfaction that can so easily creep in, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So as much as at certain times of year, I feel like social media, you know, can just be a tool that is helpful. And we're certainly glad, you know, to stay connected with our listeners and others online. Wow, this time of year, it it becomes, I think, more treacherous. I wonder if if we think about some practical ways how not to be held hostage by this kind okay, of yeah. shopping season. It's For me, I've learned if I go into a grocery store, any store, so whether it's Target or Walmart or Costco or CVS, I've actually learned to stop in the car and type up in my notes app what I'm going in for. Because the problem, of course, is if you just wander, you get distracted and there's so many pretty shiny things and then I spend way more than I plan to. And I'm starting to think a little more about social media advertising that way. Like, all right, what are the things as our family we would like to be able to purchase for the Christmas season? Or what are things my kids need? One of my sons has needed a new mattress for over a year now, desperately. He's like over six foot and he's sleeping on like this. (laughs) It's a hand-me-down mattress from my, she was nine at the time, nine-year-old daughter. So like he needs a mattress. That's something I can put on the list. And I am trying to discipline my mind so when I see those kinds of uh, friends sharing about deals, I can say, that's not a mattress deal. Lisa Joe. we are looking for a mattress deal, you know? <laughs> Don't Maybe even click part on of it. It's <laughs> it just simply creating for yourself a very tailored list of like, here are ways that people who are serving as influencers on Instagram are serving our family by curating the best lists, the most helpful things. And I don't have to look at all of them. I can just wait to see, kind of like you and I do on Facebook Marketplace. If I put a search alert out, you know, and I'm looking for a blue velvet couch, you know, (laughs) that I don't come and scroll all the time. I'm just looking for that one thing. I think that's one of the practical things I've been doing. I, I like, Christy, how you shared a little bit about the home design influencer accounts you've been following and the different kind of shopping that they are recommending that has inspired yeah. you. Yeah, so there is a difference. You know, more and more I'm following home design accounts that focus on thrifting, secondhand shopping, antiquing, you know, that sort of thing. It's, I will say, it's still shopping. So, yeah. you know, it's not, it's just like, it's it's not, <laughs> do you remember the days of like fat-free ice cream? Like it's, <laughs> you know, like keep that in mind. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like when we used to think that sugar was just empty calories. Like, <laughs> you know, it's still, it's still sugar. Um, and yet, you know, if I want, if I have this urge to make, if I have this urge to make my space more beautiful, then certainly, you know, waiting for a Facebook marketplace find or popping in occasionally to my local thrift store um, is a less um, destructive, I'm going to use that term, it's a less mm-hmm. destructive way to um, to do some gift giving, to do some home beautifying for the holidays because it's, you know, essentially it's recycling, Lisa Joe. <laughs> it's shopping as recycling. Um, again, I, you know, I've learned it can still, I can still take it too far. I can still, you know, um, maybe I'm no longer, you know, maybe I no longer step inside of a Target store, but I can still spend too much time, let's say, scrolling Facebook Marketplace. So, you know, it's still a place to exercise restraint, but um, it is a healthier version of, you know, that online inspiration. Um, and I'm, you know, and I'm grateful for those um 
those people, mostly women I follow online who take the time to, you know, to inspire in a way that, frankly, is harder for them to, I'm going to use that word, monetize, um, because there's no affiliate link for, you know, a secondhand sofa at the Goodwill, right? So, you know, I appreciate that, you know, that they're they're sharing in a different way. Um but yeah, practically, Lisa Joe. So I like I like what you do. That you really practice that discipline of thinking ahead, making your own list. I'm going to share something that's not. It may. <laughs> I'm just going to say it works for me. All right, <laughs> it works for me. I am so inspired by things I see or experience. So if I'm spending too much time. For instance, filling my mind with Instagram, I am going to feel like in order to celebrate Christmas, I need to buy a lot of beautiful things. But if I set Instagram aside for a season and I pick up like old-fashioned Christmas books, like like any, um, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, our Tasha Tudor or, um, you know, Little Women, like old literature, that there's so many great books that feature Christmas. And let's be honest, because these books are good and they're telling us true things, they tend not to take place at the shopping mall. They tend to celebrate like really simple pleasures and they remind me of what matters and they remind me of what is actually nourishing to me. And so it's almost like I have to switch my diet to like a more nourishing Christmas inspiration. So Lisa Joe, just like serendipitously, I I was where was it Goodwill? Yes, yes, I was at my local Goodwill thrift store. Um, this was a few weeks ago, and um, the one section I always check out if I don't have time to check out everything, I check out the book section, which sadly at my Goodwill thrift store has been shrinking and shrinking, and is now mostly taken up with old VHS movie tapes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I know it's very sad, but anyway, there are still some books. <laughs> So I um I have a thing that if I see a Christmas book that looks halfway decent, you know, secondhand Christmas book, even if I'm skeptical, I will pick it up because I just love having um lots of books that celebrate the season. So I found the funniest little book, total vintage copy of a book I'd never heard of called something like, and we'll try to link to the exact title in the show notes, although no promises, readers, I am quite sure it is out of print. (laughs) But it was this old copy of, it was called like the Four Midwestern Sisters Christmas Book. And the picture on the back was of these four sisters in like all this like early 1990s glory. I mean, they looked like my memories of my mom and my aunt on Christmas in like 1992. (laughs) Like curled hair and big Christmas sweaters. But I grabbed that book, and then I got a cold shortly after, and I just read the thing cover to cover. And it was so full of sentimental, old-fashioned, celebratory Christmas that was all about home baking and home sewing and crafting gifts for one another. And it was so inspiring. I think when I'm tempted to go back to um, online shopping and Instagram, I'm just going to pick up this quaint little Christmas book instead. So, so far, I think we have a little mini list then about how not to be held hostage by your holiday shopping. Number one, embrace emptiness. It's okay. We don't have to fill ourselves up. Number two, make a list before you start perusing all the sites. Number three, thrift. Number four, be inspired by books, not social media. 
Um, <laughs> here's another one I have. Number five, I call it decide ahead of time. So, for example, if you just open a book or social media or the news or a catalog, the catalog, news, social media, or even the lovely book will decide for you ahead of time what your Christmas will be like. So instead this year, I have taken to talking really to my daughter, my sons don't care, but to my daughter about what our Christmas is going to be like, because I know she is already anticipating Thanksgiving and setting up the tree and decorating, but we are leaving December 10th and only coming home in the new year. I don't want to come home to a Christmas tree I will have to deal with while I have jet lag. So I sat her down and I said, we're going to decide about what we want our Christmas story to be like this year. What I would like is to quiet the house, to invite Christmas in in ways that are different than a tree or decorations. And I could tell by the disappointment in her face that that was not sufficient. And I said, wait, wait. We can decide, like, are there some cozy new blankets? What kind of candles do we want to get? What kind of lighting would we like? Is there a new throw pillow? Like, we're going to cozify the space. What kind of hot chocolate station do we want to make? We can bring all of the things in that fit with the picture we have decided ahead of time our Christmas is going to look like. And this year, I know there's going to be a lot of packing and planning and getting ready to travel and schoolwork we have to bring with us. We don't need to add to ourselves the expectation of baking cookies and getting a tree up only to take it down when we get back. So decide ahead of time what your family story is going to be. There's a lot of power in telling the story of your Christmas. And so with our family this year, we've sat down and said, the story of our Christmas this year is we are going home to South Africa. We are going home to bring joy and delight and celebration to our family over there. Like that is the story of this year. The story of this year is not trees and decorations and gift wrap. That's not the story of this year. So decide ahead of time what your family story is, because that's that, when you add it to this list, helps prevent you from being held hostage by all the holiday shopping. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I, I feel like I can relate <laughs> to your dynamic with your daughter because she has a lot in common with my husband. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for people like Zoe or like my husband, you know, their gift is that they really have a, an, a capacity for more, more, more. Like if one thing is good, then two things is are better. And sometimes that's true. And my husband has definitely, I think, expanded my own capacity for celebration and fun. And, and you know, yes, we own a disco ball. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> But, you know, relationships are, you know, we shape each other. And I feel like how I help him is um, by by telling him that, you know, for me, the more the feasting, the feast days um, feel right and good, and I can really dive into them if they aren't the every day. And if there have also been days of less and of, you know, the fasting days. Um, so maybe the, the last little tip here, um, if we could even call it a tip, but the last little suggestion in just this, um, you know, general conversation about how to, you know, find freedom. Really, that's what we're talking about, freedom. Like how not to be held hostage by holiday shopping doesn't mean holiday shopping is bad. It doesn't mean you can't give gifts to your family, you know, especially if your love language is gift giving. It just means how to be free in that and how to be in charge of that and not be controlled by that. And so, you know, something we've often talked about on the podcast during past holiday seasons is Advent. And um, I'm really grateful personally for 
Advent. Um, it's, you know, part of my church tradition. It's a part of my Christian life year to year. And uh, for those who aren't familiar, Advent is is um, really that liturgical season in, in the Western Christian church that precedes Christmas. And it is that preparation period. And so, really, it is the fast before the feast. And in the past, it would have been a, quite a strict fast. And Obviously, that is not our culture today. <laughs> but for those of us who are Christians and who lean into that um, liturgical story, um, it is a real gift because even even me who who isn't naturally the more 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 person, even I can just get caught up in it in the month of December because it it is so appealing and it does make us feel so good at times, especially if we're feeling nervous or worried or we just want to make sure everyone has a great Christmas. Um, but because I want Advent to be a part of my life, there is this discipline that is reminding me that these days before Christmas are not really fulfilling up. Not yet. And also because I love Christmas and because I want that feast to really be a feast, I it's almost like being careful to not eat too much during the day on a day when you're, you know, you're going to end it with Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, a feast. It's really a very similar dynamic. Um, I don't want to fill up too much during the month of December on Christmas joy and feasting and experiences, because I want to make sure that those feel really special, you know, during the the Christmas season, which also liturgically wouldn't have just been a day, but would have been 12 days, 12 days of Christmas. So maybe for some of you, this is the year where, where you are spiritually or where you are as a family or personally, maybe um, even if it's not a part of your church tradition, it may just be the year to lean into that gift of of fasting, then feasting, preparing, then receiving, emptying in order, as you said, when we began Lisa Joe, to make him room. Um, but yeah, so I'm just so grateful for Advent. So I'll, I'll just say, Lisa Joe, if Zoe doesn't have anything else that's really Christmassy, maybe she can just have four candles and you light, you know, I how like many will you it. light before you leave? Two? <laughs> <laughs> And I then you'll that. have Christmas in South Africa, and then the feast will begin. But I you'll be preparing that. for it until then. You'll be saving room, you know? You don't want to eat too much, Zoe. You want to be hungry for South Africa. <laughs> I love that idea. What a beautiful metaphor to take with us, to save room, to save room for Christmas. So we don't have to feel guilty about not getting all the things or doing all the things or making all yeah. the things because we're saving room. We're saving room. So on that note, come back next week. We have a few of these conversations about how not to be held hostage. And next week, here's your teaser, how not to be held hostage by guilt. And we look forward to unpacking these with you. And we hope there is just freedom for you and for your family's friends as you enter into the season because that's what a savior does. He comes to set us free. May there be more freedom for you in this Christmas season than in years past.